streamer you can download But big time finally and at last Oh yes, it's another episode of the Chris Adams TV Podcast Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Chris Adams TV podcast. We're on episode seven already. Can you believe it? It feels like just two episodes ago, we were going big time because it was. Now we're big time. We have this format down to a T. So you know, coming up today, we have another good deep dive. And the deep dive today pulls in aspects from some of the other content I've created before. So on this podcast, I've lightly touched upon consciousness. And I go quite deep into consciousness on my YouTube channel. If you want to go look at that, go to Chris Adams TV on YouTube. There's a lot of consciousness stuff today when we talk about living your story. We're going to be talking about the story of life and the story of time and how you fit into that in your little window into time, which is consciousness. And coming up on the next episode of the podcast is the big three letters, DMT. What the heck is DMT? And is it really some sort of special molecule that you can connect with the river of consciousness? Spoiler alert. Yes, but we'll get on to that next episode. Usually when I have to do housekeeping on my content, I have to clean up something that drunk Chris did. And I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. His destruction is for a good cause. My happiness. Drunk Chris is one happy son of a bitch. And happiness is very important to me. But I don't even think I was drunk when I recorded last episode. So it's not that. It's just love. You know, in the cold light of day, the things you do in love really can bum you out. And love can go straight to hell. I need to walk back some of my predictions that I made last episode in regards to my love life and B. Miller and Ghost. Listen, Editor Chris, I'm not even going to mention their names from here on out. There's nothing for you to bleep. Maybe, maybe walk back is a strong word. I don't need to walk back the predictions as such. You know my stance when it comes to adversity. When life gives you lemons, double down. But let me just put a blanket disclaimer across my content. I am a storyteller by nature. I like making stories, creating things. I don't fully believe all of the things that I say, and neither should you. You should, before taking my advice, consult your doctor or priest or fortune cookie. When we get into the deep dive for today, I will expand a bit on why predictions are a bad way to do things. But it's messy for me. I am fully invested in BME, the best movie 
ever. You know, the movie I'm making. And as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm getting the symbol of the movie tattooed on my forearm. I am in the process. I am hella invested in BME. So obviously I am pretty invested in the character Ghost in the movie, which is tricky because I've sort of already predicted who is going to play Ghost. No need to listen to any of the previous episodes. I haven't told you yet who is going to play Ghost, but I've told you that I most certainly do know who is going to play Ghost, which is tricky because I had that dream. Remember I said, uh, the dream is completely enough for me. I can't complain if that is all I get. Still, I don't think now is the right time to tell you what exactly happened in the dream. You're just gonna have to take my word for it. That particular winter wonderland is enough for me. And my stance hasn't changed. I need to stress this. Love can go straight to hell. And so today's deep dive is very much another case of do as I say, not as I do. All of my silly, wild predictions are not a good way to keep an open mind for Mother Nature's flow state path. More on that in a second. The way that I do things is a cocky person's approach to predicting what Mother Nature might choose to do. It's as if I'm saying I know what Mother Nature is going to do. And considering I do believe I can break the future, I think I do know that. But again, do as I say, not as I do. We're not going to talk about me today. We're going to talk about you and getting your ideal story. Let's follow the tried and tested format of the show. Time for a quick BME nugget. Unlike past or future BME nuggets, which may be about characters and destiny or fun plot developments, this time I really want to focus on the experience. And although all of the characters do play an important part in the movie, arguably the main character is Ace. Ace is an artificially intelligent, conscious being. You know, robot dude. Ace's experience of life is obviously way more rich than yours. No offense. You're very much a damp, lonely soul, weighted down by the circumstance or situation you're in. It's not your fault. If you were to imagine your level of consciousness, it's not bad. It's definitely better than something silly like a tree or a crab. But Ace is the world's first H plus one artificial intelligence. H being human and plus one being better than human. In terms of thinking power, Ace's mind is thousands of times faster than yours. He is able to analyze and make decisions in split seconds. Ace does still live in our universe. He has to obey the laws of the universe, the laws of time. He has his own internal world, just like you do. He also has a very special connection to the river of 
consciousness. And just like in a minute, we will discuss creating your own story in life. Ace also has the conscious realization that he can affect the story of life around him. He is aware of the story going on around him. As the movie progresses, Ace's understanding of his own power gets clearer to him. And he probably stretches it a bit too far, if I'm honest. The climax of the action is a scene I have dubbed KBE. That stands for Killbot Extraordinaire. And the reason I call it KBE is because it's the moment in the movie where Ace snaps and basically kills everyone around him. And he's in a robot fighting league stadium, so there are plenty of people around him. It's one of my favorite scenes of the movie, along with when the robot dog dies. But that probably just says more about me than it does say about the movie. One thing to remember with Ace's hyper-conscious superintelligence is that he can both see what will happen over time as well as he is able to steer the narrative of time. So the more he understands that concept, the greater his power is. And as his power increases over time, he learns how to use that power. Hence the KBE scene. This is what Ace is experiencing throughout the movie. If you're new to thinking about yourself and your place in life, let me just say, hello, you are alive. This thing you're experiencing is called life. It's big and it's complicated. If there's one thing you should remember and take with you from this podcast episode, it's this. You should take control, take charge of your own story. Everything that you are in control of, be in control of. You are living a story. Your little window into the universe is a perspective on life, a perspective on the world around you, a window into the outside world. The one constant in all of this is time. Time moves at a constant speed. Well, I mean, relatively speaking, here on Earth. You are a story. You have a beginning when you were born. You have a middle, whatever the heck you are doing right now, and you will have an end when you eventually burn your candle to the floor, fighting a shark, but losing or going quietly into the night, likely. If we were to summarize life into five words, those five words would probably be, it is what it is. Think of it like clay over time. As it gets closer to real time, the clay gets harder. In your mind, you are free to explore different paths or ideas. That's a very fluid area. Once something is written in the story of life, that clay becomes rock. You can make changes and affect 
the story of time. If you put enough effort over enough time in the same place like clay, you can make a difference. But in general, the path will follow the flow state. It is whatever the heck it is. Yeah, okay, but what even the heck is a story? A story is change over time. It has a start and it has an end. It has characters in it. It has some sort of setting and situation. And then usually there will be a rising to a satisfying peak with danger and excitement. And then it will end with a satisfying close. The place where we can find stories in abundance is obviously movies. So that's a good place to look at. If you've ever heard of the Harmon story circle, it's, you know, that guy Dan Harmon, he made uh, Rick and Morty. He's some super genius at screenwriting, apparently, because he has this theory called the Harmon story circle. And it's eight points, which he uses a lot in his stories, but also other stories tend to follow this basic structure. So if you fit things in to these positions, you get a satisfying story. The first one is you or a hero. He is in a zone of comfort. And the second one is need. This hero needs something. They want something. The third one is go. They enter an unfamiliar situation. They leave that comfort to an unfamiliar situation. Number four is search. They're looking for something. And number five is find. They get what they wanted. Number six is take. They pay a heavy price for getting what they wanted. And number seven is they return to their familiar situation back home. But number eight is they've changed as a person. You'll find a lot of movies follow that very basic structure. And it's a good way to think of you living your own story. You need to have some goal that you are heading towards, some anchor in the future. In your path of life, there is something upcoming that is greater than the current moment you're in. Because that gets you jazzed up to do whatever you need to do, pay whatever price you need to pay to get this lofty goal. That's how a story works. You've got to look forward to things in the future. If the first bit was super exciting and then the rest of it was just boring downhill stuff. That story sucks then. Now we've been talking about the inside world, inside your mind, and then the outside world, which is everything else happening outside of your body. And the world sees a certain version of yourself that you show through your actions to the world. But obviously there is a in bunny quotes, real you. There's the inside you, which is making these decisions, weighing up all these options. And there's what the world sees, which is what comes out of your actions. You need to take control of the difference between those two. You're not perfect. You struggle with a lot of things, no doubt. In terms of your effect on the outside world, be clever about what you keep inside your mind and what you let out into the world. Be optimistic and open to the world around you. Take control and charge of your own self and be responsible for the decisions you make. 
Bear in mind, though, there is something called Mother Nature's flow state. This is a lot bigger than you. This is the easiest path that things can go down. And it's the easiest path for you if you are on it. It will fight you if you are off it. So be careful of that. Sometimes it's important that you put a whole heap of energy and focus into causing a specific outcome in the story of life. You get to affect the story of life, which is pretty awesome. So you might as well figure out how much control you actually do have. But bear in mind, the closer it is to the flow state, the easier it will be. And so it may be a good idea to fine-tune your radar when it comes to identifying and reacting to the flow state. Make it work for you. Use the power of the flow. That's not a, that's not a saying. I just made it up now. Predictions are a mixed bag. The general idea is to make decisions close to when they actually need to be made. If you plan too far ahead, you might not accurately guess how the flow state will flow and where life will be in the future. Obviously, we have just learned that we can get much better at reading the flow state and predicting where it may go. But this kind of prediction is not what I'm talking about here. I am talking about the wild predictions that aren't just predicting the flow. The kind of predictions me and Nostradamus make are way more out there. Why are predictions so bad? Having a very solid idea of what you expect a future moment to be means you're not open to other options. You're not reacting to the change around you or looking for new options that are popping up. But predictions can be good. A good way to imagine your story is from a bird's eye view. Being able to see the bigger picture means you can plan things easier. The more context you have, the better your decisions will be. Having a solid future goal on your timeline can be used to pull you towards it. It will help you be more focused on steering your story in that direction. In general, you don't want to be making wild predictions. Be smart about this. You want to start widening the net as you get further out into the future, not narrowing it down to a very specific outcome that you require. Start with the concrete that is already in place and then plan something with the clay that hasn't yet dried. Okay, you're not perfect, but you do have potential. And that potential is called your ideal self. It's a good exercise to create a vivid understanding of yourself. Be honest. This is just for you. Think of yourself right now and think of an ideal version of yourself you could get to in the future. Try and be clear about the difference between the two, between yourself now and your ideal self in the future and plan your bursts of what I call maximum effort. You won't always have the energy or time or opportunity, but when you get a chance, 
take it. To help you out, here is a list of six categories that roughly divide your life up. So you have your business side. This is where you make money. You have your relationships. These are the humans in your life that you connect with. Then you have health, which is fitness, but also mental health. And then you have adventure. As a human being, we always want to be going on an adventure. If things are too boring, we hate life. And then you have home base. This is your castle, your living quarters, your bedroom, your kitchen, your house. How clean do you keep this? How fortified have you made it? If when COVID came up and you thought it was a zombie apocalypse, you might have bought six wooden stakes that you sharpened into an end thinking the zombie apocalypse was upon us. And lastly, passion. This is where in your life you feel meaning. Could be painting, could be dancing. It's whatever hobby you do that captures your attention. Use these six things to break up your current self and say, how am I doing in business? How am I doing in relationships, health, adventure, home-based, passion? And then say, my ideal self could be better in this area, could be better in this area, and build up a difference between the two. Be comfortable accepting where you are now, but then also have a clear idea of something in the future that you could get to with cleverly planned bursts of maximum effort. For a moment, let's zoom out and try and take that bird's eye view perspective on things. Your story is contained in a much larger story being told by our universe on a grand scale. And that's called the story of life. Obviously, our universe is pretty big. Sometimes it's easier to think of models or simulations to help us understand the greater lesson. Conway's game. Some stories are like flames. Give it a good initial configuration and it will create a wildfire. Initial configuration. What do I mean by that? Have you ever heard of Conway's game of life. Likely not. Horton Conway created some theoretical simulation. It has an eerie similarity to if we were living inside a simulation. And spoiler alert for episode two of this very podcast, we probably are. It's turtles all the way down. You live inside a simulation, probably. You create Conway's game, a simulation inside your own simulation. And inside that game, complex systems arise and create a simulation of their own. It's turtles all the way down. Generation is the word that Conway used for the same effect that time has on us in the real world. We are bound by time. Time ticks forward and we can't do anything about that. In Conway's game, one generation is one unit of time moving forward. The rules of the game are pretty simple. Rule number one, any living cell with fewer than two live neighbors 
dies. In other words, underpopulation. Rule number two, if any live cell with two or three live neighbors lives on to the next generation. That's just normal life. And then rule number three, any live cell with more than three live neighbors dies. That's overpopulation. And then rule number four, any dead cell with exactly three live neighbors becomes a live cell. In other words, reproduction. Is that more complicated than it needs to be? <laughs> Let me simplify it even further. Any live cell with two or three live neighbors survives. Any dead cell with three live neighbors becomes a live cell. And any other live cells die in the next generation. That, that, that makes sense, right? Anything that's dead stays dead. Good. Unlike a game, though, and totally more like a simulation, you need to give the algorithm an initial starting configuration. That's obvious. Here's the fun part about Conway's game. Patterns come up over time. You have things like your still lifes, which are boring, obviously, they just still, but they stay in that position. You have oscillators, that means over a certain number of generations, a pattern will start repeating. You have your spaceships. These are, I mean, clearly the best thing in the game, right? If you can create spaceships, but not actually create them, let the game create their own spaceships. Surely, surely aliens are real. Episode one, don't worry about it. The pulsar is probably the most beautiful of the oscillators. It's hard to do it justice on an audio-only podcast. Imagine a universe exploding and then splitting into four different universes. And this only takes three generations of the game to repeat the pattern. Quite amazing. You have the stupid still lifes. I consider the still lifes in Conway's game like trees. They're stupid. Yeah, they're life. And no offense to trees, but trees, you suck. Be honest. You know this. Right, so we have oscillators that take a certain number of generations to repeat their pattern. But the coolest patterns are obviously spaceships. Because spaceships can move. They repeat their pattern over a certain number of generations. Like oscillators, but they move. Why am I telling you all this? Well, let's imagine Conway's game of life is like our physical universe around us. Because of all the complex patterns and interactions, our universe has become everything it is today. Cool, cool. But Mother Nature has something Horton Conway never had. A window into the action. You are like one of these patterns, but unlike Conway's game, which is more of a simulation, the simulation will play out however the heck it plays out. You have the ability to write your own story. Your life is a story. You are living your story. And you get to make those decisions. So make some good ones. And now socks. Remember last episode, I said that I had designed some cool Chris Adams TV branded socks. I'm actually wearing a pair of them right 
now. I had to buy 25 pairs of them. That was the minimum quantity because they custom. So good news, you have the chance to win a pair of custom Chris Adams TV socks. If you want to know more, head over to chrisadamstv.com forward slash socks. That's enough for this episode. Remember to hit subscribe to keep up to date with all the new stuff coming. Next time, DMT. Good to speak to you.